What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. This week on the Minding Wellness Podcast, I'm excited to bring you Dr. Kieran Dunstan. She received her doctorate of medicine from Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia and completed her residency in OBGYN at the Medical Center of Delaware. Dr. Dunstan has been board certified in OB-GYN for over 20 years and is fellowship trained in anti-aging, metabolic, and functional medicine by the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. She joins us today as many roles. She's the host of her brilliant health radio podcast, offering interviews with inspiring and insightful experts in functional medicine for women desiring to heal and achieve optimum health naturally. She's also the host of the Menopause Boss YouTube series, educating and inspiring women to take control of their bodies and their lives to thrive in menopause, not just survive. She shared so many great insights with us today on this episode, including the differences between traditional medicine and functional medicine, giving a specific example of how an individual visit would look in both settings, and finally giving us some tips on how to access functional medicine for those of us who aren't as familiar with that field and approach to medicine. Lots of great pearls of wisdom. I hope you enjoy. All right, super honored and excited to have Dr. Kieran Dunstan with me today on the podcast. I reached out to her and asked her if she would come on and talk about functional medicine. We have not covered that in detail yet, and I have really sort of um, looked through her journey and was excited for her to share that journey with you all and dive into the differences between functional and traditional medicine. So thank you so much for being on, Dr. Dunstan. So glad to be here, Claudia. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Yeah. So as I always ask my guests, let's start with what does true wellness mean to you? Great question. So true wellness to me is a state of being where you're in peak performance and you can enjoy your life to the maximum and bring your gifts to the world to the maximum. That's Mm -hmm. what true wellness is. I love that. And I love the focus on gifts to the world because I do think we each have those unique gifts and it's always nice to have that reminder that it is a service to the world to give those gifts. So thanks for that reminder. All right, let's go ahead and dive into your background of your professional journey and what led you specifically to focus on functional medicine. Sure. So I was a classically trained OBGYN. I'm still board certified. I've been board certified since 1998 and had a very successful practice, delivered lots of babies, did surgeries and helped a lot of women with their health. And I thoroughly enjoyed it until I didn't because my health was really suffering. And I started gaining weight and having fatigue depression, anxiety, my hair was falling out. I had no sex drive. I looked and felt 20 years older than I was in my 40s. And 
I am told by the American Board of Obstetricians and Gynecologists that I knew everything there was to know about women's health. So I tried to figure out what was wrong with me and why all these symptoms were happening. And all my tests would come back, quote unquote, normal. And so I'd go to my internal medicine doctor and I'd say, there's got to be something wrong. And she would run tests and they'd all come back, quote unquote, normal. And I started to think I was crazy. But clearly I was not optimally healthy, but nothing that I knew to investigate or to treat with or that my internal medicine doctor knew to do could help me. And I was so tired that basically all I did was work and sleep. I didn't really have a life, even though I was a wife and a mom and ran my practice and was a physician. I really had no life. And so I, I got to this point the last time I had gone to my internist's office and I think we had checked my thyroid at least for the 10th time. And she said, Kieran, I'm telling you, it's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Stop, right? You're okay. And I just was demoralized and went home and cried and thought, you know, if this is what life is, I don't even know that I want it. But I really didn't have a choice. I was the breadwinner of my family. So I kept putting one foot in front of the other. And then through a series of what I consider to be miraculous events, I was introduced to this thing called functional medicine. And when I heard about it, I, I always investigate everything and uh, discern whether it's true or not true. We all have that truth meter, right? We know when our friend brings that guy home mm -hmm. that he's a bad guy. We know it, right? Within five minutes, we all have that truth meter. And so I read what scientists and doctors whom I respected were saying, and they were explaining what functional medicine was. And it harkened back to all of the biochemistry and physiology that I had learned about the human body in medical school, how it works. And they talked about using tests that we didn't use as a board certified OBGYN to evaluate female hormone levels. And we used sal they talked about salivary hormone testing. They talked about a different way to look at the thyroid that actually looked at eight different parameters instead of the standard thyroid screening tests for disease that were used in mainstream medicine. They talked about looking at eight different parameters and they talked about using optimal values versus quote unquote normal values and what the difference was, which the difference was revolutionary and it made perfect sense to me. So basically I was comparing my thyroid the 10 times that I checked it to what everybody else in America has. And you and I both know that the majority of us are very unhealthy. 60% of us are overweight or obese. Um, the majority of us over 50 are on five medications or more. So we are not a healthy people. And so my thyroid values were being compared to those unhealthy people. And I was being told they were normal and I didn't have a disease. But what they do in functional medicine is they look at optimal values. So what would an optimally healthy 20 year old have, for instance? and they compare you to that because there's really no reason that you shouldn't look and feel as good at 40, 50, 60, 70, even 80 as you were at 20. If you aim for optimal values and you tweak your system by addressing these underlying imbalances that occur that cause us to gain weight, become tired, lose our sex drive, have depression, anxiety, lose our hair, 
get diseases like autoimmune disease and cancer and all the maladies that affect us. So when you do the right tests and you read them the right way, then you can have optimal health. And so this is what I learned. And I said, oh my God, it made sense to me. I, my truth meter went bang, bang, bang. This makes <laughs> sense. So I, I started doing these tests and uh, reading them the right way. And I started addressing them. I actually worked with a naturopathic physician initially. And it was amazing. So when I looked at my thyroid, although I didn't have a thyroid disease, which is all mainstream medicine cares about, I did have suboptimal thyroid function, which was going to manifest as weight gain, constipation, depression, anxiety, all the things that I was having. And so I could start addressing that because in functional medicine, the next question is why? So we always ask why, 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 why? We're like toddlers. And um, then I learned about salivary hormone testing, which we don't, it's not even a thing in OBGYN, you know, what don't we test in mainstream medicine? We test your potassium, your blood pressure, your temperature, your cholesterol. But when it comes to your female sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, there's no standard of care to check the levels, which is insane, insane. Um, and basically treatment is done by symptoms and it's all with pharmacologics. Oh, you have any female hormone system, heavy, painful periods, irregular periods, fibroids, endometriosis, whatever it is, ovarian cysts, what are you going to get? A birth control pill. Anyone listening can answer that question. And if that doesn't work, you're going to get another birth control pill. And if that doesn't work, you're going to get a laparoscopy, you know, and then various formulations of that. There's no standard to check hormones, which is insane. Um, and that's a very political uh, <laughs> political decision, which we can get into if you want. But in any case, I checked my sex hormone. I was progesterone deficient. So, you know, when you have too much estrogen, which I had, and not enough progesterone, you'll get weight gain, water retention, PMS, anxiety, depression, low sex drive, hair loss, fatigue, difficulty sleeping, all of the symptoms that are signs of estrogen dominance and progesterone deficiency. And really the majority of women start suffering with this around 35 to 40. So I started addressing that and oh my gosh, I started feeling better. I started having more energy. I started losing weight. And then the, the next key was huge. I did salivary cortisol testing, cortisol being the stress hormone, and I had a flat line. And so cortisol is your stress hormone. You can't live without it. It's made in your adrenal glands that sit on top of your kidneys. It determines your sleep-wake cycle, your energy. It has everything to do with your weight and your immune system function, whether you get sick or not, whether you get cancer or not. It's really, I call it queen cortisol because it's that important. But anyone listening, when's the last time your doctor talked to you about your cortisol or checked it? Most people never, never. And if they do, they do a blood test and they say it's quote unquote normal and you're fine but nothing could be further from the truth. But again, it gets back to this, what is normal and what's optimal. So all they care in mainstream medicine, and I'm not blaming doctors because I did this for years because this is what I was taught. We're just doing what we were taught is that they want to know, do you have a disease or not? And for cortisol, you only have a disease when you're in the top or bottom 2.5% of values. 
You either have Addings, Addison's or Cushing's. But if you're in the rest of that bell curve, remember back from high school science, you're considered quote unquote normal. But there's a huge variation and also cortisol varies throughout the day. It has to be really high in the morning to wake you up, kind of like starting your car takes more gas. And then it has to come down at night for you to go to sleep. So it has a diurnal variation. So you really need to check it four times a day. And it's checked in saliva. And so you may be surviving. And this was my case. I was breathing. My heart was beating. I was taking up space on the planet, but I wasn't really living because my body was basically making enough cortisol to keep me alive, but it really didn't have energy to do anything else. Hence all my myriad health problems and feeling literally every day, like I can't go on. I can't do this. Um, so I was a flat line and, and pretty much invariably all the patients that I work with have cortisol dysfunction. It's, it's the modern age uh, disorder that mainstream medicine doesn't even acknowledge, recognize, or check for. So if you're tired and you're gaining weight and you've got immune problems, whether it's autoimmune disease or you get sick easily or you've had a cancer scare or have cancer or any of the health problems that affect us, you definitely have a cortisol problem. And this is something that needs to be investigated and addressed because without addressing it, you'll, you'll never achieve normalcy or even health optimization, which, you know, you're about optimal wellness. And my podcast is Her Brilliant Health Revolution. It's about brilliant health. It's not about, let's just get surviving health, which is really what our healthcare system is about. It's about the control of symptoms and management of disease. It's not about the creation of vitality and wholeness. I don't know about you, but most people, when I talk to them about this, I say, which do you prefer? They say, I want to be vital, whole, and alive. Mm -hmm. I want healing. I want optimal wellness. I want brilliant health. And uh, they just, we don't know any better because we've been socialized to believe that our current health system is is right and it's what we um, deserve. And I, I believe that it's come to be a kind of religion in and of itself. So that's how I got into this and that I discovered functional medicine back in 2008. And my journey was about two years of losing a hundred pounds, getting off all prescription medications, healing myself. I also had fibromyalgia in addition to chronic fatigue from healed from depression, anxiety, my hair grew back. I looked and felt 20 years younger. People didn't even recognize me. I would be walking in the mall and I'd say, you know, hi, Julie. And she wouldn't say anything. And I'd get 20 feet past her and then she'd turn around and go, Kieran, is that you? Oh my gosh, I didn't even recognize you. And then all my patients who were having the same problems because they were middle-aged women said, you know, girl, we see you look good. You lost all that weight. What are you doing? And so I started doing this type of medicine with them. They started having the same results. And before long, I actually opened a separate practice where I did functional medicine Mondays and Wednesdays. And then I did my regular OBGYN practice Tuesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. But what ended up happening was because, you know, functional medicine visits are an hour or more sometimes because there's a lot of education. It's not just a five minute, here's your prescription. I'll see you in three months visit. So I had to do it on separate days when I could dedicate time for that. And I didn't have to deliver babies and do surgery. 
And so I was telling all my patients in my GYN practice, well, you've got fibroids and you're depressed and you have no thyroid and you have all this. Well, my board certification says I need to give you these birth control pills. But what you might want to consider is you might want to come and see me on Monday or Wednesday and we could check your hormone levels and look and see where you are with your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, your cortisol, look at your complete thyroid panel, your insulin, your DHEA, all these hormonal, this hormonal symphony that is the foundation of your health because these are the communicators. And I have not met a woman yet who, when I educated about her body and what's going on and how mainstream medicine is treating her health and well-being and how functional medicine evaluates it and manages it, who doesn't say, oh, I want that. Everybody wants it. So they were all coming on Monday and Wednesday. <laughs> and eventually I just decided I, I can't even be, I'm not in integrity even having a traditional practice giving pharmaceuticals doing hysterectomies because i know it's not the right way for us to treat women and to um, address the, their health concerns so i closed my practice in 2011 and i've done functional medicine full-time since and i'm really an evangelist because i believe every woman deserves has a right to know about this type of care and deserves to have access to it. That's why I started my podcast, Her Brilliant Health Revolution. I do YouTube videos, I have group programs, I do virtual consulting with people all over uh, the country. And I really believe that and know that this is the right way to heal the body. Really powerful on so many levels. I first want to say thank you for your vulnerability and sharing your symptomatology. I think often, it becomes a myth that members of the healthcare profession are immune to exhaustion, fatigue, the symptoms that you mentioned. And so I think this brings to light that you all are human as well. And I think that that's important for the audience to know. Let's dive into a specific example, maybe an OBGYN case, what that would look like coming into a traditional medicine office and how that would look different coming into a functional medicine office. Sure. Great example. So say 45 year old woman, very common scenario comes in difficulty sleeping and tired all the time, low sex drive periods are pretty regular, but maybe they're a little late sometimes and then a little heavier. And she's, you know, generally pretty healthy. So standard Evaluation might be a pelvic exam, listen to heart, lungs, maybe do a CBC, you know, make sure you're not anemic as a cause for your fatigue. They'll check your iron level, um, new vital signs. And then it's basically symptom treatment. So you'll probably get a prescription for Ambien to help you sleep or others. Um, uh, somnolent medication, and you'll probably get a birth control pill to regulate your periods. You'll be told that it's pretty normal for your age, though, to be tired and have no sex drive. Um, you might be told to go get some lingerie and have a date night with your husband, that maybe you just need to spice it up a little. Um, but basically, that's kind of going to be it. You might be given an antidepressant. That's a very common thing. You might get Lexapro or Selexa and be told, oh, you're just a little depressed. 
Um, I, I think it's not uncommon for women in their 40s to leave with five prescription medications when they go in for the usual complaints that 40-year-old women have or even 50-year-old women. Maybe weight gain, maybe you've gained 20 or 30 pounds and you're told, oh, that's pretty normal for your age. And you might be told to eat less and exercise more. And um, so that's a pretty standard medical visit gynecologic type visit. Um, in functional medicine, when you come in, um, we're not only going to ask you about what's going on episodically right now, but we're going to go all the way back to um, where your mother lived, your parents lived when they got pregnant with you. What happened when your mother was pregnant with you throughout her, her pregnancy and during delivery? How, did she breastfeed you or not? What, how old was the home in which you lived when you first went home from the hospital? Was there any mold exposure? Was there any pesticide exposure? We're looking for all of your genetic and environmental inputs throughout your life. And we do a timeline from your conception all the way till now. And all we look at for all of the insults that could have happened that affect your health because your biology is created by your biography, where you lived and what you were exposed to, whether you're exposed to it by your home. I had one patient once who she grew up on a farm and they used to go play in the silos where the pesticides were kept. Well, <laughs> that tells me a lot. Um, you know, or maybe you grew up in a, in a moldy environment or, um, I had another uh, patient whose uh, father uh, worked um, with heavy metals in his, uh, at a steel mill and uh, would come home with the steel on him and with his clothes and wouldn't, you know, they didn't know was a problem back then. So anyway, we look at all of that um, all the way up till now and we're gonna ask you all kinds of symptom questions. So that may seem unrelated to you, like do you have dark circles under your eyes? Do you get puffiness under your eyes? Um, we're going to ask you about everything, um, details in terms of the anxiety and depression exactly when it started, might have you do a depression or anxiety inventory. Um, so we just, we ask a whole lot of questions. Our health history is usually like 28 pages long versus a standard two to three page health history. Um, and then we're going to ask why you have these symptoms. So one of the first things we're going to do is say, well, if you're tired and you can't sleep, we're going to look at your hormones uh, because your hormones are the communicators and they really tell all your cells what to do and they're the regulators. So they tell your body to go to sleep and to wake up and to have energy and how to burn fuel for energy. So if you've got an energy and sleep problem, by definition, you've got a hormone problem. So we're going to look at your thyroid hormone, number one, but like I said, we're going to look for optimal function, not a disease because you may not have a disease most people don't have a thyroid disease by the textbook definition but they have subclinical hypothyroidism subclinical low thyroid so when you do the right tests and you read them for optimal function you can detect that or you can do a barnes uh temperature test at home we're going to do a salivary cortisol test and have you spit in tubes four times in a day and send it to the lab and look at your cortisol levels throughout the day. Most likely you're having some uh, values during the day is why you're tired. And then you're having some elevations at night, which makes it difficult to sleep. We're probably going to look at your sex hormones too, because 
any menstrual irregularities or in terms of timing, frequency, duration, flow, whether it's too high or too little, fibroids, endometriosis, ovarian cysts, these are all related to sex hormone imbalances. So we want to know what they're doing. So we're going to check those. And then depending on what we find, um, you know, the investigation kind of goes from there. Like I said, we're always asking why. And then when we get the tests back, we're, we're going to start getting a picture of what's going on for you. And a typical 45-year-old woman is having some degree of sex hormone dysfunction because her eggs are quote-unquote older, right? Advanced maternal age is considered to start at age 35, and that's when chromosomal anomalies in the fetus increase because the eggs reach a certain age and they don't, the, the genes don't replicate and divide appropriately. So you're at increased risk for things like trisomies. So this, what is true also is that those eggs don't make the same amount of progesterone that they used to. So progesterone starts going down in the 40s and estrogen starts going up. And we already talked about that estrogen is kind of the weight gain, water retention, PMS, anxiety, depression, don't feel so good hormone. And progesterone is the diuretic, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, weight loss, feel good, happy hormone. So when you have one going up and the other going down, also progesterone is the menstrual timekeeper. It's the flow regulator. So if you're having any type of menstrual regularity or, or a pelvic problem, then you've got a problem there. So we would start addressing that. And then almost all of us have some degree of cortisol dysfunction. Our bodies are under so much stress in this day and age. And when I say stress, yes, I mean the psychosocial type of stress that we think of when we talk about stress, right? Difficult jobs, relationships, finances, right? Just traffic. But also your body considers things stressors that you may not register as stressors. And that is blood sugar stress, right? So what you're eating, how much sugar you're getting, if you're getting too much sugar in your diet, your body sees that as a threat and a stress. I call it the blood sugar roller coaster. So we've got to address that. Uh, and then also there are chemical and biologic stressors, and this forms the large majority of the stressors that we don't register consciously as stressors because they're things we can't see, but our body registers them as huge threats. And these are chronic viral infections, for instance, like Epstein-Barr virus, uh, or which is also called the monovirus. And most of us, 95% of us are infected with it. In most of us, it remains latent. Most viral infections that we get, or I should say a lot of them, once you get them, you always have them, like chickenpox. It lives in your nervous system, in your nerve roots. Now there's some like the flu that will come and go or RSV virus or rotavirus that kids might get in the winter where they get diarrhea. Those will come and go, but a lot of viruses set up shop chronically in your body for the rest of your life. and during times of stress, when your cortisol is kind of offline, they will um, become reactivated and cause stress uh, to your immune system. But you have no idea. You just know you're tired and can't sleep. And it's not standard of care to check for these things. There are no antivirals that treat most of these viruses. And so they're really kind of ignored by mainstream medicine. They're also mold infections, which are extremely common. 
Um, it's estimated that 50% of homes have mold in them in America, um, and that might be a low estimate. And if you live in moist subtropical areas um, like I do, it's probably higher than 50%. And you may not really have any other symptoms except that like that woman I just described. But if you don't know that that could be a problem and you don't know to look for it and you don't know what questions to ask, you're gonna totally miss it. And then you're gonna tell someone, oh, that's normal for your age for you to be tired and feeling the way you're feeling. So your body uh, comes in contact with all of these uh, chemical stressors. It could be pesticides or volatile organic compounds from your furnishings or construction materials. And I don't wanna overload everyone. I know this is a lot. These are all fixable, so that's the good news. Um, but your body sees things as stressful that you don't register as stressful. So this is what it would look like as we would evaluate you for all the inputs that are causing you to have the symptoms you're having. And then we start addressing them and we don't just grab for a pharmacologic. We start with dietary changes, lifestyle, um, and that could be exercise, stress management, all kinds of things. And then we look at vitamins, minerals, nutrients. We look at botanicals like herbs. We look at homeopathic treatments. We can prescribe uh, pharmacologics if needed. Um, but we really uh, work to move everything into balance. I always say my simplistic philosophy is bad stuff out, good stuff in, balance everything but we're always asking why. And so that's really the difference between a mainstream traditional visit is all aimed at symptom management. Here are your prescriptions, sleep medicine, antidepressant, birth control pill. You're all set. I'll see you in three months, right? Functional medicine, why? Why, 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 why? Why do you have all this? Testing, check your hormones, check for toxicities, check all of these things, and then look at the test results, what's going on, and then start addressing the problems um, with lifestyle and natural treatments as much as possible, and sometimes a pharmacologic, but usually we can fix a lot of things without it. That was a really helpful and significant compare and contrast, so I appreciate you diving into that in detail. I think it gives the listeners more of a clear idea of what it would look like in each office and the approach that's taken by the provider, whether it's a physician, nurse practitioner, whomever is offering the functional medicine approach. So I really appreciate that. And I also appreciate the consistent asking of why. We don't always appreciate that from, say, our children when they're toddlers. But I think in this setting, that is a huge benefit is to continue to dive deeper into the causes and the root causes and not just symptomatic treatment. I'm curious as to what your colleagues thought when you made this transition? What were some of the conversations you had? Maybe some backlash or feedback? Or were you mostly widely accepted in this transition? What did you experience with regard to that? Great question. So before I learned about functional medicine, years before, there was a guy in my town who did this type of medicine. And we used to talk about him terribly. Uh, we used to call him a quack and say he didn't know what he was doing. Mm -hmm. and, and basically, I call that contempt prior to investigation. And <laughs> most physicians have that attitude. 
when you're told by the board of American specialties that you know everything there is to know about a certain specialty, you believe that anything outside of that is quackery and nonsense and has no um, validity. And you typically don't even investigate it. You're, it's, it's a special kind of arrogance. And I was guilty of that. I have to admit it. Um, but, you know, most of the physicians, almost all of them who practice this type of medicine had some health challenge that mainstream medicine had no answers for, or they had a loved one with a health challenge. And so there are tens of thousands of us um, who have been trained in this worldwide. And invariably, that's what you found. And so when you have pain, you become open to learning new information and investigating new information. The information's out there. Um, I mean, just one of my favorite examples is the information on meditation, thousands of studies done on the validity of meditation to treat health conditions. And one of my favorite studies is one where they look at head-to-head -head meditation versus first-line antihypertensive medication treatment for three months in a newly diagnosed hypertensive patient. And the meditation far surpass the efficacy of the medication. That's just my favorite example. There are thousands of these examples. So why is meditation not prescribed in mainstream doctor's offices is the big question. So in any case, uh, we used to talk about him. And, uh, and then when I d discovered this path and I got on it, uh, you know, I, ha I learned the, the truth and I don't really know what my colleagues said because I stopped going to the hospital because I didn't uh, deliver babies or do surgery anymore. So who knows if I was a topic of conversation, but I will tell you this, it was interesting. My own internal medicine, medicine physician who I kept going to and who couldn't help me and finally told me like, Kieran, stop coming to my office. There's nothing wrong with you. I had a patient of hers come to me after I started practicing this type of medicine full time. And she was diabetic, hypertensive, high cholesterol, what I call the American trilogy. And she was overweight and tired, you know, in her forties, like we've described, and basically was on a handful of medications for her medical conditions and I think something to sleep. And that's the kind of care she was getting. And she was just following up every three months with her doctor because that's quote unquote standard of care. And she came to me and she said, Dr. Kuhn, I can't do this anymore. I'm just miserable. My marriage is falling apart because I don't even care if I ever have sex again. Um, and I need help. And I see the change you've gone through. I mean, everyone in my town saw me go through this. And I, I know that you can help me. And so we did the, exactly the things that we've been talking about. And she lost 30 pounds and her blood pressure normalized and her blood sugar normalized and her cholesterol normalized. And I usually prefer for people to go to their primary care doctor and get the blessing to get off their medications instead of me just usurping their authority and just saying, yeah, get off all of them. And so she went back to who the woman who had been my internist and, um, she said, you know, isn't it great? I've lost 30 pounds. And they did the blood work and all, everything was picture perfect, all her tests. And, and so the doctor said to her, and I, 
out of respect, don't want to mention her name, but doctor said to her, what have you been doing? Cause this is incredible. You know, you've done an amazing job. And she said, Oh, I've been working with Dr. Kieran and we did all this special testing and here are the tests. And she brought all the tests and she was so excited. And the woman said to her, that's a bunch of nonsense. You're wasting your time and your money. And I can't even believe that, that you would, you know, fall for this. And the woman came running over to my office from that woman's office in tears. She said, but Dr. Kieran, I, I showed her, like, I fixed all this and I showed her the labs and like, I've already had the success. How is she saying this? And that's when I created a a nice disclaimer (laughs) to give to my patients saying, beware when you show this and you have the success to your regular doctors because they don't understand it. They feel very threatened by it. And it's inconceivable to them that there's something outside of their expertise that they don't know. And so even though she had demonstrated the efficacy um, it was poo-pooed. And so this is the strength of, I mean, I'll just be honest, I call it brainwashing that we undergo when we go to residency. You know, we, we, they take the, the best and brightest students in medical school and we learn all about the beauty of how the body works and how ATP is made and all the systems function and it's just beautiful. And then you go to residency in the hospital and you're told, yeah, don't worry about all that. Just do what I do because this is how we do it. These are the protocols. And, um, you know, big pharma runs that and it's pharmacologics and surgery and it's symptom management. And so you don't ever question it because you're, you want to be a good resident. And so you do what you're told to do and you don't question it and you go out and practice and that's what you do until you get sick or a loved one gets sick and it's not working for you. And you say, you know, there's got to be a better way. Um, and you know, I, I have to admit that I've always been that way as a kid. Like I was the one who would take the TV apart to figure out how to get better reception. So I've mm-hmm. always been one who asked why, and who's never been satisfied with the way things are. If things aren't working, there's always a reason we need to figure out why and we need to fix it. And so maybe it's just partly in my nature to be that way. So I don't know what they said about me, but it's interesting because actually one of my best friends who I've known for over 20 years, um, who's a family practice doc in town, and she practices still straight up medicine. She's seen me go through my transformation. I don't think she's ever listened to my podcast. She has no interest in, in anything outside her toolbox. And um, I went to go pick something up at her office and she has these uh, Glade plugins everywhere. Like the minute I opened the door, um, you could smell the plugins. Well, if anyone listening isn't aware, you know, these devices that they're called uh, fragrance emitting devices feds um, are, they're basically petroleum byproducts that carry the scent. And so you're basically inhaling gasoline, which is a carcinogen. Um, and they, they have been associated with all kinds of health problems in about a third of people who come in contact with them, including respiratory problems, chronic neurologic and headache problems, and an increased risk of cancer. And yet they're legal. And she had them all over her office. And I said, I was like, I won't even say their name. 
<laughs> it's like, girl, you got to get rid of these things. Like they're carcinogens. And she goes, oh, really? Okay. She doesn't care. So I would just say that that's, that's the general attitude. And, and who knows what she says behind my back. I don't know. I don't care. My, what I care about is that, you know, our health as women is suffering. We are not having the level of health that we should be enjoying because number one, there's no standard of care for checking our hormones and we are treated with chemically altered hormones, synthetic hormones, which increase our risk for breast cancer and disease and are making us sick. And that is just an absolute injustice. And it's really intolerable. Um, you know, what I care about is that we are not being educated on what really the truth about our health problems is, are, and we've abdicated control of our health to a system that is monetarily driven by big pharma, big insurance, and big food, and they are making money off of our illness, and we are suffering from it. And that is just not right. That's what I care about. So they can say whatever they want to say about me. Um, I'm, I'm not here for them. I'm here for every person listening to this podcast right now. Thank you so much for outlining those points. I think there is a lot of brainwashing, not necessarily by malintention, but we just continue on with the way we were taught. And it often is unfortunately not accepted to come at medicine from a different approach. So I really do appreciate the fact that you have continued on with what you know to be a better, more effective way, despite some of the criticism or negative feedback. I'm thinking of some of the questions that may be in the minds of some of the listeners as they listen to this episode. And I am guessing that access to functional medicine may be something they're interested in knowing more about. So they may be thinking that this all sounds amazing. How could you argue with what seems to be such a great approach to medicine, but I probably can't afford it. Insurance doesn't cover it. I don't even know where to begin to find a functional medicine physician. Can you speak to some of those access questions and how people listening might be able to get started in looking for a functional medicine practitioner? Sure. So there are lots of us all worldwide. Um, so if you go on the Institute for Functional Medicine.org, they have a database of clinicians who have been trained. I was trained by the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, A4A, A, and then the number four and then M.com. They have a database of physicians. You can Google, you know, functional medicine physician or clinician, and then your city name, excuse me, and probably something will pop up. Most large cities have plenty of us um, in America and even, like I said, worldwide. Um, you could also look for a naturopathic physician. Naturopathic physicians in America, it varies by state um, as to what they're allowed to do based on their licensure. In, in California, they can practice pretty independently um, and have a large authority, whereas in Georgia, where I live, they can't even become licensed and they can't call themselves doctors. So, um, you know, depending on where you live, you could find a naturopathic physician to work with. 
Um, so that's where you want to start. People always ask, does insurance cover this? No is the very short answer. Uh, and what I like to remind people though, is just like we've been socialized to believe that it's our doctor who heals us and not the body that heals itself when that's not true. We've also come to believe that our health can only be as good as what's serviced by our insurance. And that's a belief. And just like if you want a better house, you need to spend more to live in you know, a better neighborhood with a better school district, the same comes for your health. So you can opt for standard of care medicine, which is pill for every ill or a surgery that is symptom control and not the creation of health and pay your you know, $35, $50 copay and get your prescriptions and then that's what you will end up getting. But what people don't recognize is that your health is really your greatest asset. Most people probably, if you ask them that question, they think it's, oh, my house, it's my car, it's my 401k. But you know what? You can replace all of those, but they're health conditions that once you have some of them, you can never buy back. Um, and so your, your health is your most, or should be your most valuable, irreplaceable asset. And then you need to consider what expenses you're using for your health are actually investments. Most of us put them in the expenditure column, which means that we wanna minimize that expense. But it's really an investment um, because if your health is excellent, then you can actually make more money and you can create a 401k and buy all the things you need. Um, and so, I mean, I can't even tell you how many tens of thousands of dollars I've spent on my own health. Um, but it's really a whole belief shift, you know, and, and you have to really soul search and ask yourself, what, why do you think it starts with, why do you think you're here on this planet? What is our purpose? I believe that we're here and we're each unique, you know, our fingerprint is not duplicated anywhere out of the billions of people on this planet. Our souls are unique and we have unique gifts that we are to express and that if we don't express them, they're not gonna get expressed because there's some people that aren't going to hear what it is you have to share from you in exactly the way you have to share it, whatever that is, whether it's with floral arranging or singing a song or the way you file things at the library or cook a you know, make a sandwich or whatever it is, mow a lawn, right? And so, um, in order to do that, you have to have optimum health. So I believe that we're here to deliver those gifts. And so um, your, your body is your vessel in order to deliver those gifts. And so then it becomes your greatest investment. Your house is your second vessel. Your car is your third vessel. You can replace your house and your car. Sometimes you can't replace your body. Mm, such important information and reminders. So thank you for sharing how to find a functional medicine physician, but also on reminding everybody that we really, if we don't have our health, we don't have a whole lot. It really is our most important asset. Before we go, could you share with our listeners how they can find you online if they're interested in learning more or even maybe to start with a telehealth appointment? Sure. They can find me on my website. It's Kieran Dunstan, MD, and I'll spell it because it's a little different. So it's K-Y-R-I-N and then D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D.com. And then all my social media is at Kieran Dunstan, MD.com, whether it's Twitter 
or YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. And uh, you can find me there. Really helpful information. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to share the fundamentals of functional medicine and helping our listeners know enough to decide whether this might be the next step for them. Really valuable information here. And again, I just appreciate you spending the time with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Dr. Dunstan for sharing her insights on functional medicine and how it contrasts to traditional medicine. I hope that you found a value in this episode and decided if maybe some of your symptomatology has not been treated effectively with the options that you've been given and whether this might be the next approach for you. So take this to heart. Remember, as she said, that our health really is our greatest asset. So invest in it, in time, in monetary resources if you need to, and truly pay attention to what your body needs. I will see you here again next time.